but it's but it's San Fran. I mean, it, it, nothing shocks me coming out of San Fran. Okay, hold on a second. San Francisco gave you Jessica Salagi. And for That's that, I will never forgive them. You're listening to Let Me Tell You Why You're Wrong. Welcome to episode 179 of the Let Me Tell You Why You're Wrong podcast. I'm Dave Roberts. With me is my podcast partner in crime, co-host, writer, journalist, owner of the Georgia Virtue, and dog mom, Jessica Salagi. Hi. It's nice that, you know, you used my, you said it that way before the show, you were ragging on me, calling me crazy. You are crazy. You're certifiably nuts. That's not true. You give your dogs middle names. Well, then, like, half of America is certifiably crazy. At least. Mm -hmm. No, you're fun crazy. (laughs) You're not, like, you know, chopping up a hooker in the basement crazy. You're fun crazy. Well, I can, I can, um, I can confirm that I've never had a hooker at my house in my basement or, you know anywhere in the proximity and well, I'm, you also have a not, I, I'm also not a hooker so you know there's, uh, there's lots of well angles you're there. a journalist correct <laughs> but we were talking about that before the show too if if i was a different kind of journalist i probably wouldn't have to do this the hard way yeah all, all that clickbait you turn out yeah Everybody's you'll never on. believe this <laughs> yeah everybody's on to the same uh uh uh, uh, me making fun of you on there. I don't even get any angry responses anymore. I was like, I don't trust the author. Well, you're so you're talking about the Trutland County follow up, which we probably should have put that on. Oh, I guess we could just talk about it now, but because it's kind of interesting, right? No, it is. It is. It, the, the response from somebody is more interesting than anything else that they, they decided to go after you on your page, which is right. a so, horrible idea. It is a horrible idea, but so um, the the what happened is is there's a there's a gentleman named T.J. Jones. He's running for no, excuse me, T.J. Hudson. Um, there's so many people running for in the primaries this time, and it's it's only July. But he he's from Trutland County, which nobody knew where Trutland County was until like a week and a half ago when the trucker, the dump truck guy, had his lift up and hit the bridge and knocked it six feet in the other direction and they had to demolish it. That's, that's Trutland County. So this guy is running for judge or um, for secretary of state in Georgia, but he was a probate judge. Um, He's not a lawyer, but he was under investigation by the judicial qualifications committee or commission when he um, stepped down to run for statewide office. And this all came out like a week and a half ago. Uh, I reported it. Associated Press reported it, which means that everybody reported it as well. Um, AJC, all of it. And he was probate judges. He put someone in jail and that person happened to be his family member. And he, he wasn't authorized to do that. He didn't have like any he didn't have any authority to do it. And so he was under investigation for 10 allegations. And instead of continuing on with the investigation, he entered into a consent order or excuse me, a consent agreement to just agree not to seek a judgeship in the state of Georgia for seven years. And now he's running for secretary of state. So that news came out. Well, 
and he said he had no comment um, and he just thought it was well handled and he's ready to move on with his life. So he he says all this. The news kind of goes viral um, for Georgia purposes. And then he puts out a statement that's like six paragraphs. And I published it because if, you know, if someone puts out a statement like that about something, I think it's important to follow up and, and include it. And like no other news outlets did. Well, I did. I put it out the in its entirety, unedited, just copy pasted it and explained like what he was responding to. And I made a joke in on my Facebook page, not in the article, but on my Facebook page that, you know, he said it was just water under the bridge. And I was like, kind of funny that he's referencing a bridge when the bridge in Trutland County, where he was a judge, had to be demolished because a dump truck hit it. Well, this lady who works for the county commission in Trutland County and her friend and another friend came on and were just all kinds of mad about the jokes I was making about people in Trutland County, which is not how it happened. Um and just going after me, you know, you did the whole like journalist in quotes thing that said I sound like someone from the National Enquirer um, and that they oh, and of my my new favorite um, that they were going to call my superiors. Um, so just all that. And I'm like, you do realize that I put out his entire statement for like the public to see, right? Like that this isn't just on my Facebook page. It's on all of our business pages. It's on our website. It's on the Google webs so that if someone enter, you know, enters in their search to find out about him, they can find his statement on it. But you're just sitting here attacking me because I made a joke about the bridge having to be demolished. And, and then they said I was a bully. Never <laughs> a good idea to attack somebody on their own page. Well, no, because those are my people that are going to come in and defend me. Yeah. Except including- you who chimes in and says, I don't trust the author. <laughs> I'm like, Look, you have made it. You're in my circle of friends, which means I'm going to treat you awfully. <laughs> uh, same same thing with Matt Lowe. Same thing with my other friends. I, I don't I don't say nice things about my friends online. <laughs> no, it doesn't bother me. It's just I, I, it, I know I know I know. But I know people it, I know will flip out when they don't. Did. Well, yes, <laughs> yes. But if if you'd call Connie, yes, I would call Connie and I tell her to you know do the things she does, but um. Which is kick your ass, but, but no, like if 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 you, when you do comment that usually there's somebody who doesn't know that we are friends because they don't listen to the show or for whatever reason and they're like, oh look at this guy, this must be your first time here, and then they start laying into you, which is entertaining for me. So oh, it's hilarious, but no, the, these chicks they they lay into you and listen to the show and someone who corrects me. Most shows, Tiffany Taylor pops up. I mean, it's it's great. You never have to say a word. No, uh, sometimes I do, but yeah, but it. But here's the thing: you, the joke was was fine, and you even said it's a joke. Some people laugh at them. He said it was water under the bridge. The week, the same week that a dump truck demolished their bridge and the road that the bridge, the actual bridge connected Highway 84 in their county, which is a really like, uh, it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was very funny as I typed it. I, oh, I say that stuff all the time. It's okay to laugh. Yeah. I mean, it's okay. You can laugh. You, you can even support this guy and laugh about the, about the bridge comment. It's okay. Good Lord. Speaking of dumpster fires, 
Jim Beck convicted on all 37 counts. 30 witnesses in nine days, Jessica. We talked about it last week. We did. And I'm not surprised. I mean, we talked about it and I think we'd heard from three or well, the the testimony from three witnesses had been um, published at that point. But um, Jim Beck took the stand in the second week of his own trial, which (laughs) I don't really know why he did, because his defense, you know, he has a good like supposedly his attorney is very good. And I just I don't know if he was adamant about taking the stand or um if they were just throwing all the marbles down the bowling alley to see if any of them knocked over a pin or what. But I, I am astounded that he testified. I'm astounded that it went to trial and it just got worse the more that came out. And the jury deliberated for an hour and 20 minutes, which when you consider that they have to like go through each count individually and, you know, sign and, and do their vote for 37 counts, that's not that many. Yeah, this that's was not that not, much time. Yeah, this was not 12 angry men. Everybody was like, all right, let's get through this. And took less than an hour and a half. Ah, man. Uh, We were saying before the show, there's two things you don't do as a defendant in federal court. You don't act pro se as as your own attorney, and you do not testify. It doesn't help. Well, the the feds have like a 90... seven or eight percent conviction rate too i mean they don't i don't i don't always like what they do and i think a lot of their pleas are bullied into you know agreement because they have the full faith and trust of the federal government behind them and they do all kinds of which one of the stories we're going to talk about is kind of odd um with what they can what they can and do do um in federal court but i i Look, they we I, we have said it many times. Uh, you can indict a ham sandwich. You're talking about state court. The feds, they are 100% batting average. The uh, a U.S. attorney does not want anything being found not guilty. They they are especially when average. it was a constitutional officer. Right. Well, but but it's anybody. If you if you actually get indicted in federal court. Like you said, there's a 97% chance that you're going to be found guilty. They've done their research. This is not, this is not the, you know, some podunk county prosecutor and sheriff. This is the FBI and U.S. Attorney's Office has been looking into it with unlimited resources. And they've decided that they've got, they have better than a 97% chance of convicting you. Well, and this isn't. I know it's going to shock some people. This isn't a, a dig at the GBI. It's just how they do things procedurally. But when when the GBI starts an investigation, a lot of times, and it, it kind of backfires on them, but they will make an arrest early on, and then they'll continue their investigation. We've seen how that works out, and you know, I don't always agree with that. But the feds, they they do all their investigating, and then they they come to you with a warrant or with you know a presentment to grand jury. When they're like ready to go. Yes, this happened two years ago, but there's a couple other things that happened, which includes, you know, the COVID pandemic, which changed the courts. And then, of course, you know, they have to give the defense time to prepare and they go through motions and trying to toss evidence. And they did. I think they got six of the charges um, tossed before, like, as if that matters, there were 37 others. But, um, you know, the feds come ready to like, take your ass down. They don't do any more investigating after 
Like that's the whole, that's the entire premise of why a lot of people didn't vote for Jim Beck, including yours truly. Like he was under investigation. Things were, things were smelly when he was running for office. And then that's why four months after he was sworn in, he was, was indicted. it Dale Russell who buzzed, who, who broke yes. the story? Yes. Your From colleague Fox at Fox five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, this story broke before the election, before the general election. And people were so, people were so disconnected with anything local. Uh, I was talking to a friend of mine who's a, a, a council member for uh, Jefferson, Georgia, which is far east of me. And we made the same observation that these guys can tell you what Biden or Trump had for breakfast. But if you ask them, you know, what's going on with your local, your local or state people? No, they don't even know who their state councilman is. Or their their state rep is, or the or, and we've said it many times. Obviously, not the listeners of the show. Listeners of the show are tied into what's going on with state and local. But the well, there are some of the smartest people in the state if they're listening to our show. Well, exactly. But the vast majority of people are just we're just voting for that R next to his name. You know, I, I'm you know I think he was was he elected with, with Trump or is that midterm? No, no, he was with Kemp and all that. With Kemp, so it was midterm for him. So they they went with R. They had no idea who Jim Beck was. They had no had no no we idea. They were voting that, against Stacey Abrams. That's what they did. Right, exactly. So they voted for the R and ignored the fact that this guy is a crook. And now we don't have to say allegedly anymore. No, and he'll be sentenced in October. Which so he's on house arrest until until then. Which is very polite. Well, yeah, I mean, he's not a violent criminal, so I don't think, you know, I don't, I'm not sure. I don't know. It's like if he was, if they took him into custody immediately, that would just go on the back of his sentence in terms of credit for time served. So it's not like. Oh, yeah. But do you think, so, do you think I mean, he's it would be going. Time? Say what? Do you think he's getting time? You know. I mean, I think it'll be like 15 months or something, like something stupid. Something to say that that we are punishing this guy, but but not enough to put him in for the rest of his life. Yeah. And maybe that's maybe that's maybe something in the 20s, because I know they have to use that sliding scale for the, the feds use a sentencing, a point system. And you actually in the federal system, you get punished if you go to trial like you get an if you. You get points in your favor if you agree to um, to a plea to a plea early on. And we talked about that. Like, yeah, this guy knows he's guilty of sin. He was taking money in McDonald's bags. Yeah, he knows he's guilty of sin. Why wouldn't you plea out? Well, one of the things that came out, which is hilarious to me, so apparently there was like eight hundred and eighty thousand dollars from twenty fourteen to twenty eighteen in cash that he said he paid a computer programmer. Um, and he said that the computer programmer asked to be paid in cash. So he just took the money and he put it in his safe at home. And then he would pay the computer programmer to do all these things for the George underwriting association or underwriters association and the Christian coalition and whatever the other one, the green thing. So it, which is hilarious because I mean, I've worked with computer programmers. We all know some tech savvy people. Those are the people who are like, yeah, here, let me, while we're on the phone, let me just go ahead and send you a digital invoice and you, here are your options. You can pay with PayPal or cryptocurrency or, you know, ACH. Like they are way technologically savvy, not the kind of people who are like, yeah, um, do you by chance receive cash in a McDonald's bag that you could just like transfer off to me? 
You also, you want to be able to write that money off or account for that money as any sort of organization. So even if I pay some in cash, and, and I occasionally do, and obviously I'm not talking McDonald's uh, bag full of cash, but every once in a while I have, have, to, have to pay day labor or something like that, I make note of it. Because I don't want to pay tax on that money. Right. Uh, so eight hundred and eighty thousand dollars. Yeah, that's a little above my uh, uh, <laughs> my area of paying for for day labor. <laughs> day labor. <laughs> More better than three quarters of a million dollars in day labor. No, I'm talking about a guy who may run a wire for me. I pay a couple hundred bucks or something. But even well, that, that's I, he... I track. I, I I get who it's going to. I get I have them come fill out a W nine. Uh, I have all that information, and I submit it with my taxes so I can write that money off. So, look, he is Jim Beck is full of doo doo. It, it, it either either he's insane, and he believes it, or he's a liar, or both. But but move moving on from this uh, uh, from something that was supposed to take five minutes. A number of businesses that uh, condemned Georgia's sweeping voting rights bill have since contributed thousands of dollars to supporters of the legislation after it was signed in March by Governor Brian Kemp. I'll take things that aren't surprising at all for 1000 Alex. <laughs> I mean, are we surprised that a, a business is contributing to people who are in power so that they can get the things that they want? They all play both sides. Right. That's, that's why when I hear that this company or that company contributed to Stacey Abrams, I'm like, yeah, did they also contribute to Kemp? Well, yeah. Well, that's why. They're, they're hedging their bets. This, well, is what you, this is what you do when your major concern is making sure that you stay in business. You play both sides. And... In their, def- I mean, so the the fundraising things came out earlier this month, um, and it's not even election season. So the businesses that have are kind of the ones that I mean, just because a business hasn't doesn't mean they won't when things get really heated next, you know, over the next twelve months. But I think it's funny because this organization, um, the Advanced Democracy nonprofit which is led by a former FBI analyst. Um, They're all up in arms because between April and June of this year, the elected officials received a combined $20,000 from a couple of companies, which, you know, is a bold, like, and given the the negative publicity, sure, is it a bold time to donate? Uh, Yeah, because they didn't have to then, like I said, but... $20,000 $20,000 in first like across the state across elected officials given how much money these organizations through the actual organization through their CEOs and then their employees how much they funnel to elected officials that's nothing. It also shows it's all theater. Yes. But Chris Carr was the he got money from Comcast and then there's McGuire Woods which is a um consulting company um or a law firm, excuse me, but they do consulting and stuff. They they donated to um, several of the the sponsors, including Jeff Mullis. Um, and then Live Nation, who was opposed to it, gave to Jeff Mullis. And he was the sponsor in the Senate. But it's just... 
Well, you got played. McGuire, like you people, McGuire you, Woods in Richmond, or McGuire Woods uh, out of Richmond, signed on to the "We Stand for Democracy" statement. You know, just stay out. Just stay out of it. I don't know what they were trying to... I don't know what Live Nation was trying to accomplish with this, other than the fact that Live Nation sells tickets for shows. And they certainly didn't want to piss off uh, any artists who say they won't use Live Nation as a... Uh, I think they... What are they? They prom, uh, promote shows and all that stuff. So I, I, I'm sure coming out against this law was a way of appeasing the artists and possibly the, the, the audience going to shows. Live Nation doesn't care what type of show you're putting on. If if you're doing if if you're doing rap or bluegrass, they don't care. Their their business is selling shows. Well, and then, you know, the article which was on the hill made sure to point out that Coca-Cola and Delta had not um which those two companies are based here in Georgia and while you can argue all day long that in the scheme of things, like people, people who are addicted to their Coke Zero and love their Coke Zero are not going to give up Coke Zero because Coke spoke out against Republicans and Delta Airlines. Like they need their tax credit. So right. when yeah, it, it comes Delta, down to it, <laughs> yeah, Delta will be contributing to anybody who, during that special session we had to for hurricane relief, voted for the tax credit for Delta. On jet fuel. On jet fuel, yeah. That's that stuff is not going away. It, it's just it's just the way it is. And like you said, it's it's very early. And I, I'm I'm fairly upset we're even talking about the twenty twenty two election right now. We're what, eight months away from the from the prime we're eight months away from qualifying. Mm-hmm. It'll be in March. And it is July. And we already have somebody announcing for Secretary of State. We already have uh, three people announced for governor. There's four it's, Democrats running for lieutenant governor. It's it's ridiculous. It's We shouldn't be talking election stuff right now. I would like to have an off year between... The, the uh, big national election and the midterms and the big national election. And it they're already talking about who's going to run in 24 for president. Good Lord, give it a rest. You, you exhaust the electorate. Like, I, I guarantee you, people will be tired of seeing Vernon Jones' face and name everywhere before. We can he, only hope. We uh, can only hope. Man. Ugh. Uh, we're not going to get into Vernon Jones again. We've, we've hammered him pretty well. What we will get into is Representative Hank Johnson from Georgia was arrested during a voting rights protest on Capitol Hill. Uh, it was a BLM protest. Chant. Yeah, locked arms and continued to chant, hey, hey, ho, ho, which he really shouldn't be calling uh, the senders hoes. The filibuster has got to go. Mm. I'm okay with the ho-ho because when Jackie Johnson was running last year, there was a video that I posted under every comment section, whether it was on my page or anywhere else, where this little boy was at a protest with his megaphone shouting, hey, hey, ho-ho, Jackie Johnson got to go. So I'm okay with the ho-ho. Now, keep in mind, he is Georgia Representative Hank Johnson. Con uh, 
Congressman Guam tips over Hank Johnson. Yes. Oh, oh, that 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 video. Oh my God, that video is awesome. Uh, where he's he's actually questioning a member of the military about putting too much weight on an island and that it might tip over. Yeah, my, my fear is that uh, the whole island will uh, become so overly populated that it will tip over and, uh, and capsize. Uh, we don't anticipate that. Everybody mm-hmm. was shocked, including the witness. Like, what? Yeah. So he'll, this guy stopped playing with a full deck. No, but he was one of eight, I think, that were arrested. Um, and they were they were taken into custody because apparently the Capitol Police had, on numerous occasions, said that they were or warned them that they were demonstrating without a permit and blocking the entrance to the building. Now, all day long. No matter who you are, no matter what your cause is, I will like. I think it's ridiculous that you have to have a permit to protest, especially at the Capitol. Um, I think it's it's bogus. But if you're blocking the entrance to the building, like you're gonna, you're. Hello, I mean, that happened here in Georgia at our our state capitol. Um, I think in what was it at the end of 2018? And look, um, he he know. He, he knows what's going to happen. He wanted to be arrested. This mm-hmm. is a feather in the cap for liberal Democrats to get arrested protesting. Uh, they, well, yeah. they, they, they think it's some sort of virtuous thing, like protesting the Vietnam War to, to, get, to get, a, uh, get arrested. Look, Hank, you had your chance to run for Senate. You could have resigned your House seat and run for Senate uh, for, hell, uh, with Warnock or with Pajama Boy. You had your chance. If you want control of what the Senate does, run for the Senate, jackass. You're in the House. Get in your damn box. Worry about what the House does. Well, not only that, but I just, I mean, the people who, the elected officials who put themselves in a position to get arrested, like, and I'm not talking about John Lewis in the civil rights era. I'm talking about John Lewis on the, you know, at the Capitol when he, you know, rest in peace, uh, Hank Johnson right now, Nakima Williams, who was the state senator in Georgia. Now she's the congresswoman um, who replaced John Lewis, um, Park Cannon. Y- you have a platform as an elected official. And um, if you tell the media that you want to speak, they're going to come running with their cameras and their recorders. And they're going to give you the platform to say whatever you want and to to get arrested and then claim victimhood. Like, I, I don't respect that at all. no. You protest against the man. Hank Johnson is the man. Right. He's, he's in charge of writing laws. And he's in the majority in the House. So yeah. how do you protest against the man when you are the man? He's not speaking truth to power. This is not virtuous. This is this is nothing more than a political stunt so he can come back to his district and go, look what I did. Look, look what I sacrificed for you. And um, 
Francis Johnson was another one of the ones that was arrested, and he if his name sounds familiar. Um, it's he was the former head of the Georgia NAACP. Then he was, I think, he was appointed as the executive director of the New Georgia Project, which is the controversial Stacey Abrams voting nonsense thing. But also, um, he is one of the attorneys for the family of Julian Lewis, which is the man who um, was in that police chase with the trooper from Screven that it's happened in Screven County that we've talked about on the show. And that has been covered extensively on the Georgia virtue. But, um, Francis was there along with one of the other attorneys from Atlanta that is handling that case. And, you know, they were taken into custody as well. And there's pictures of them. They are, they're standing in front of the door so nobody can get in and nobody can get out. Yeah. Yet if someone were to go up and punch him in his face, and move them out of the way so they could get have access to the people's building, they'd be arrested for assault. Yeah. Speaking of Capitol Hill, a federal judge forced U.S. Capitol rioter to unlock his laptop on Wednesday after prosecutors mm-hmm. argued that it, it is likely it likely contained footage of the January 6th insurrection, quote-unquote insurrection, from his helmet cam. Um. First of all, are we going to talk about the fact that he had a helmet-worn camera? <laughs> what an idiot. I, I even say people who have cameras in their cars, that's nothing but evidence for the prosecution. Well, sometimes that stuff does vindicate other people, though. I mean, it. it I've seen it, especially, you know, like truckers, when they... Someone says, oh, you know, he just came over to my lane and it actually shows that a driver cut the trucker off. I mean, but a helmet worn camera at a big protest like that. um, What were you anticipating? The fact that it's a helmet worn camera. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's one. It's not thing, just a body it, camera. Yeah, it's one thing if you take a GoPro and put it on your mm-hmm. hat or put the. They make head straps for, for uh, uh, GoPros, uh, some, something like that. But he he was wearing a helmet, which means he anticipated being hit in the head. And so this is guy. Was it Refit? Re, Refit? I'm not. I'm not really sure how you say his name, but um, he's the one. So he he's been in the news a lot because, um, I guess he. His family is concerned about his mental state because he told them he would kill them if they turned him over to the FBI in the beginning. Um, And and there's other pictures of him. That's obviously how they knew he had a a helmet worn camera. And um, the prosecutors said that they want to know his intentions um, and they want to see footage of the handgun that he brought to the Capitol. Well, there's a couple of things. You you can't carry a pistol to, to the Capitol. Okay, but they already have a picture of him doing it. Right. Um, and they don't need to know his intentions. I mean, like, if, like we just talked about the feds. You should, I mean, I don't like this. I understand that it's permissible, but I don't like this at all. If they don't know how to get into his laptop, that's tough. You're the, you're the federal government. Hack it. Well, this is just a modern version of a search warrant and saying, open your safe. No. How is it not? I mean, it's it's. No, I'm it's, saying my answer is no. Right, your answer is no, and and then they get some. Yeah, they get somebody to drill it. Do it, fine, but I'm not going to make it easier for you. And I'm well, going to close yeah, the, my freaking the, eyes when you put me in front of the camera too. 
the search warrant on, on the computer is absolutely valid. Uh, mm -mm. You don't think so? It's not actually, Dave. It says that it was expired. Well, it had expired, yes. Uh, the original warrant was valid. It had expired by then. Uh, I don't know what their holdup was on it. If they, if incompetence, <sighs> quite possibly. Uh, I don't. What bothers me more than this individual guy, because he does sound like he's got a couple screws loose, um, is the wording in the stories. Insurrection. It wasn't a damn insurrection. It wasn't an attempt to overthrow anything. Uh, I, and look, I'm a Second Amendment guy, but I also know if I carry a pistol to D.C. and get caught, I'm going to jail. Well, what do you think the guy with? I mean, so there's two reasons that I don't like this. One, I don't, I don't, I think that. I mean, I understand that this is permissible, but I don't like the the practice of it. And two, you know, I don't. This guy is going to. I, I think it's we're going through the motions here. The, the, he's going to prison. Um, I mean, that he he is, but. What do you think that a guy who has a helmet worn camera and they already know he had a gun, what do you think he was there to do? Right. And look, the only I'm thing, asking you. The only thing he could even argue is that he wanted to document the protest and the only mount he had for his GoPro was a helmet. Yeah. But that doesn't uh, ex excuse away the pistol. And look, any anywhere else, well, not anywhere else in the country, most places in the country it would have been perfectly uh, permissible to have a pistol on you at a demonstration. It, it certainly is in Georgia. But I don't know what he was trying to accomplish with a pistol. You're, you're certainly not going to, to unseat Mike Pence with a pistol. No, what did Biden say you needed? <laughs> a nuke? An <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Lord. But, I mean... I don't know. So anyway, yeah, this, uh, I don't I don't understand why the feds can't hack it. Well, the, it, the, it, the federal government an, employs white hat hackers. I mean, thousands they, of them. They spy on us all day long, every day. Oh, sure. Sure. And they said it, so they said it could contain valuable evidence. Well, That's not good enough for is, me. All their computer people are monitoring Facebook and reporting uh, COVID posts. Well, that's true. They've been busy. <laughs> so wasteful government's expenditure of the week. San Francisco contenders, uh, considers adding new trash cans with a cost up to $20,000 each. Seems a little expensive for a trash can, Jessica. It does. I mean, I don't own a $20,000 trash can. Although I will say that like a nice trash can is expensive. Have you, have you noticed, have you purchased a trash can anytime in the last couple of years no they are <laughs> no, expensive like if you don't supplies it <laughs> no 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 i mean like even inside like a, a a trash can is is an expensive home relative to what it is that you're literally putting trash in it but i'm not sure that twenty thousand dollars is justifiable um so they're they're trying to get <laughs> They want them to be a, a, a canister that you cannot reach your hand into because, you know, they have a huge homelessness problem and um, people are always rummaging through them. So they want them to be more secure, but they also want them to be visually pleasing. 
visually pleasing. Mm-hmm. Man, San Francisco's a damn mess. It's ju- it's just a damn mess. It's the they're treating homeless people like you treat bears. Be sure to to to, to get a good seal in your trash can because you don't want to attract bears. And they're they're purchasing a handful of them. And so I guess that is why they're so expensive. But the hope is that they'll see success with them. They'll see less trash on the streets. And um, then as a result, they'll buy more and they'll get a bulk rate. And so they won't be as ex- as expensive. Um, but I still, I mean, let's say they bought 10 at $20,000 each or almost 20,000. I mean, if you buy a hundred, is it going to, it's not going to go down to a hundred dollars a piece. Like <laughs> these are still pretty expensive trash cans. Well, it's because they're not spending their own money. Like if you had to buy your own trash can to put on the street and you want to secure it against bears, uh, you would find the best one at the best deal. Government doesn't care. No. And people know when they're bidding for government stuff that, Honestly, they upcharge. They know. They know that they could, they can, they can uh, hammer the government for stuff. But that's, well, but it's, but it's San Fran. I mean, it, it, nothing shocks me coming out of San Fran. Okay, hold on a second. San Francisco gave you Jessica Salagi. And for that's that, I, I will born. never forgive them. <laughs> no, that's it's, your it's, opinion. <laughs> speaking of. This is a good time to remind you that these are our opinions and not those of anyone not on the show or any respective company for which we may work, own, or otherwise associate ourselves with on a regular or irregular basis. Also, you can find other episodes and relevant stories over at thegeorgiavirtue.com. You teed that one up for me. I did. So, our old buddy Chris Carr appointed special prosecutors in two high-profile cases this week. Both a result of former Fulton County DA Paul Howard. Yeah, Fannie Willis, you know, the one, the lady who defeated him last November, she didn't want the Garrett Rolfe case or the other controversial case with this. Um, remember when the, the APD officers like smashed the, the window and it was on live television and they pulled the college students out and that whole thing. Um, so there's two separate cases, but that was in the wake of the protests of the Rayshard Brooks shooting. But Fannie Willis, so Paul Howard, and he obviously indicted um, or charged those officers, and then he obviously charged Rolf and uh, Devin Brosnan, but she didn't want to touch it. She said that it was it was tainted because it was the Fulton County District Attorney's Office, um, and Chris Carr didn't want it, and he refused to accept her like her request for a recusal. And then it went before a judge last June and last month, and he ruled in her favor. It's interesting. I, I'm, I think that, you know, she was elected to make tough decisions. I'm not sure who's left over in his, her office from his tenure, but I know that when this was happening with um, Jackie Johnson and she was, her office was getting recused left and right after the Ahmaud Arbery stuff came out. I know that, um, like it, it wasn't Jackie Johnson that was recused. It was the office. And so just because her new, um, her replacement came in, like he can't resume 
prosecuting those cases. Like the one with the Glenn County police officers that we've talked about, you know, that was appointed to a, or a, given to a, a DA from Southwest Georgia and they had to reindict it or they're about to reindict it, but he's doing it again, even though Keith Higgins has taken over. So it's the office that they recuse people from. It's not the actual district attorney themselves. So like, pers- like, do I think she should have had to do it? Yeah, because she's the replacement. But the law is talking about the the circuit, not just the elected person with the conflicts. Well, she also sees the case as a loser. Sure, it's suicide for her political suicide. Right. There, there's no winning in this case. Uh, there, Paul Howard really stepped on his pecker when he, uh, when he indicted, uh, Rolf. <clears throat> I mean, it, there, it was, it's a dog of a case there. No prosecutor is going to win this case. You know, this is, this is the Wendy shooting. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the one that was the GBI is like, yeah, we're investigating. And then, um, you know, things started. They, they, the GBI released the footage and then Paul Howard's like, yeah, we're going to arrest them. <laughs> so and, and that that has already started unraveling. I mean, it, Rolf and he, he had his um, how long after was it? Almost a year where he had his. Um, civil service board proceedings where they said that he wrongfully was, he was wrongfully terminated. Well, that happened with two of the officers in the other case too, with the, the college students, but the picks by, you know, so it goes to Chris Carr and then Chris Carr appoints somebody. They were pretty strategic. So in the officer case, like the one with the college students, they picked Samir Patel from Cherokee County and he was just appointed by Kemp in um, April. So he's not even, I mean, he'll have to run for re-election, I guess, next year, maybe, or maybe, I mean, it's Cherokee County. I don't really think it's going to hurt him, but um, he's not even duly elected. So they picked him. Yeah. Uh, Samir Patel. Samir Patel. Like, are, right, are we going to yeah. talk about, I mean, they, like, that was strategic. <laughs> I asked Kemp. Um, no, it's Carr. No, nah, I was talking about the, the appointment. Oh, Sure. Whereas, you know, our our DA here in uh, Paulding County is suspended. And luckily, the head ADA is taking over the office. But yeah, he's he's still, of course, he's acting. He's not appointed. He's acting. The, the DA's office still belongs to Dick Donovan, and Dick Donovan's still making his money sitting at home. Mm-hmm. Which is, when you say it's a waste of money... Uh, he wasn't doing much more than sitting around flirting with his uh, victim's right advocate anyway, so he was a waste of money to begin with. Most prosecutors are. <laughs> but, you know, I, I think it is interesting that that an appointed district attorney was brought in. It is interesting because he could have gone anywhere in the state for, for a special prosecutor, and he went, to, he went to one who was appointed. You don't even have to pick up, a, a, like, an, a, a current elected prosecutor you can pick someone else too oh sure any attorney but samir patel like you picked a minority right yeah it's all game yes he he was in cherokee county he was picking (laughs) someone who leans right and and uh is brown that that's not that's no mistake 
Well, and I mean, I think, well, if it, like they're going to present the indictment or they've actually been indicted, I think, but they're going to present the case and the, the chips will fall where they may. I don't, you know, if, if go through the process, if you feel like that's what needs to happen, then let's, let's go through the process. But they chose somebody who won't, who won't suffer politically for it because in Cherokee County, if that's the only person on the ticket, that's who's going to be or on the Republican ticket. That's who will win the general election. It's Cherokee County. So, right. yeah. it, you know, it, it's not like, I mean, I'm, it's the same thing as if you would have picked the DA down here. The only difference here where we are is that it's, it's Daphne Totten and <laughs> there's not a level of competence there, but well, it was safe for Carr to pick him. He won't suffer for it. I'm just impressed Chris Carr did anything. The judge said he had to. When has that ever stopped Chris Carr from doing nothing? He took a break from his barbecue tour. From his barbecue tour? Yeah. I like barbecue. Well, barbecue's fine, but I mean, all we see on Twitter is him touring the state, thanking people for supporting him while he's at a a barbecue restaurant. Well, we have the uh, statement from the executive director, Peter uh, Scandalakis. He's a, well, it's a statement, but he was appointed on the Rolf case. Right. And this is from the, the PAC, the Prosecuting Court, uh, Attorney's Council of Georgia, pursuant to OCGA 15-18-6. I have been designated attorney, district attorney pro tempore by attorney general to handle the Fulton County case, uh, the state of Georgia versus Devin Brosnan and Garrett Rolf. I and my agency will conduct a thorough review of the facts and circumstances surrounding this case, and as with any case that comes before us, we will proceed where the evidence leads us. We recognize the community is eager for resolution, and we ask for patience as we begin our work. Pursuant to Rule 3.8 of the Georgia Rules of Professional Conduct, we are unable to release any further information at this time. Future updates will be made available on our website and social media. That's not pretty elected. Van- pretty vanilla statement, though. He's not elected. Right, but it, it, the statement's very vanilla. It's, it's, I mean, I think the statement's fine. It's, hey, we're just now having this hit our desk. Give us a minute. And yeah. we're not going to release minute by minute uh, what we find out on Twitter. Uh, you know, we can't. But as as things become available for release, we'll do it on uh, social media and and you know on our on our sites and and all that stuff. That's a very vanilla statement. Do you think this goes anywhere? Mm. I mean, I feel like I feel like he has to present it to a grand jury. If he just does what, you know, um, Sherry Boston did in DeKalb where she looked at the evidence with the, the bird trooper case and said, you know, I don't think there's any, um, I don't think there's any. Then pitchforks and torches come out for them. Right. They have to, and then blame it on the grandeurs. I don't know. I guess. I mean, you can also, uh, pull a hammy. You know, pull a hamstring in front in front of the grand jury and present uh, present the case very poorly, and go, oh, yep, 
well, the grand jury didn't indict, so I did I did everything I could. It doesn't matter what happens, though. Atlanta is going to burn. You know, of all the people, I, I don't know uh, the 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 heroes of this whole thing are are all scumbags. You know, we've got the story from last week. Guys high on meth, and they're calling it a homicide because he got kneeled on for two minutes. You got George Floyd who had enough fentanyl to, to in him to kill an elephant. Not that excuses Chauvin, but you know we got a guy who pointed a gun at a pregnant woman to rob her. You know uh, uh, the heroes in these cases are are just awful. This the the guy you know in in this case in Wendy's the dude was so hammered he didn't realize he was in Atlanta. He thought he was in Forest Park or something. He thought his hotel was across the street. His hotel was 10 miles away. And then steals a, a, a weapon and points it at, at, at the officers. Why are, we, why are we making these people into heroes? We this aren't. Is, this is not Rosa Parks refusing to leave her seat. This is a guy that took a weapon... Though, though it be less than lethal, took a weapon away from a police officer and pointed it at him. Oh, less than lethal in this case, but in the officer case for, that Samir Patel has been appointed to, they used to taser and they said it was a lethal use of force against the college kids. Right. So we're making heroes out of the, out of the worst people like I said, this is not Rosa Parks. This is not uh, Martin Luther King being arrested. This is not people who are sitting in diners doing sit-ins. These are these are genuinely bad people. And, and again, this does not excuse Chauvin for kneeling on somebody who'd already been whipped for twenty minutes. You know, his actions stand alone. It is funny that the uh, uh, the mural was struck by lightning, which I've never heard of uh, a paint being struck by lightning like that. No. It's it. We're really picking unsympathetic victims here, and you know we we talked about it before with the Chauvin case. Chauvin was visibly shaken up. This interaction was very professional. I mean, look, the guy was going to jail for, for DUI. And there's just, he was passed out in the Wendy's drive-thru. I mean, he was, he was going to jail for DUI, justifiably so. But everything else was very polite to, to, to that point. This was not him yanking the guy out of the car, beating the snot out of him and shooting him. This was, hey, listen, you know, we're, yeah, yeah, you're, you're, you're way over the limit. You're going to go to jail tonight. Uh, and that it could have ended right there. So, God yeah. Almighty, I, I don't, I don't have much sympathy for somebody who takes anything from an officer or his belt and points it back at the officer. I, I just, I don't. You're not. Look, gonna man, you should, you you point a taser at me, you're probably gonna get blasted. Mm-hmm. And that that's just that's just the way it is. But so I I, I don't know where they're going to go with this particular case. 
if uh, if they're going to take it, I guess they take it to the grand jury. The grand jury will either come back with an indictment or not. Uh, I think Chauvin has got a, a hell of a defense, and of course he's got back pay. You mean Rolf? Rolf, sorry, sorry, Rolf. Yeah, uh, I think Rolf's got a got a hell of a defense, and he's got back pay coming to him now. I don't know if he'll ever get on the road again because his name is ruined, mm-hmm. even within city, even outside the city of Atlanta. Anywhere else you go, if 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 he ever had to pull a weapon again, they would reference this last story. Mm-hmm. So, Jessica, do you have any closing thoughts? Um, just one little tidbit of good news: um, David Ralston's not running for U.S. Senate next year, so that's exciting. Damn it. Damn it. Mm. That would have got him out of the house. Yeah, but I just didn't want to run the risk. I always said before, even if he even if he won, even if he became the senator from Georgia, he, he would be one of a hundred. He'd be a junior senator with essentially no power other than to vote yay or nay versus being the most powerful politician in the state of Georgia as, as Speaker of the House. Look, he is the reason we don't have constitutional carry in the state. He won't do it. He's the reason we don't have a lot of things, but I, I agree. I even said on one of the uh, uh, candidates' pages, and they asked about uh, which tax would you eliminate first, the, the sales tax or the income tax? And I said income tax, but Ralston's never going to let that happen. Mm-hmm. But hey, if I'm charged with a crime, I'm going to hire Ralston, so I never have to go to court. Well, the Cleveland Indians have announced a name change to the Guardians starting in 2022. Good Lord, have mercy! I, 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 there've always there's always protests. It's almost never Native Americans protesting it. It's almost always rich white liberals. I will say their cartoony uh, mascot mm, definitely needed to change. I don't know if they need to change the entire name, but the cartoony uh, uh, he- Native American head uh, that you see if you watch uh, Major League and all that stuff uh, definitely needed to change. But I, I wonder if this is the first domino uh, knocking down other Native American team names like the Braves. There's a reason that Native American names are used on weapon systems like Tomahawk, Apache, because they're fearsome. They were respected, fierce fighters. It's not an insult to say, you know, we're fearsome, we're the Braves, we're the Chiefs. Uh, it's because they are highly regarded in history as fearsome fighters, and and, and that's what and that's what we why we n- name mascots things because uh, we want something that's fierce, rebels, Apache. We we use we use these names as as a as as something fearsome like my personal uh college team Florida Gators it's it's a fearsome animal it's it's supposed to the idea is to, to strike fear in your in your opponents which i know the name doesn't but it's to have a rallying cry behind it and i Didn't think the that, Gators lose to Georgia Southern 
They did a couple years ago. Yes, yes, and Eric would be very happy to hear that. Was, when when was Florida, that hard for you? It was, especially when I had two players from Florida blocking each other in a in a play. <laughs> yes, you just you, you put a you put a three foot wide smile on Eric saying that. Yeah. If he actually listens this deep into the show, a <laughs> hole. <laughs> so speaking of. For Eric Cumbie, our editor, for my co-host and snot, Jessica Salaji, I'm Dave Roberts. Have a great week. Some of you probably thought that this is the end of the show, and that I was just going to let that go. But for those of you that really know me, y'all know that's not my style. So here we go. Barring a penalty, a penalty that is eight seconds remain. Fourth down and two at the 16-yard line. Snap to morning wing. Looking right, moving, looking, throwing, catch is made, and it's over and complete. Georgia Southern will win this one. The Eagles drain the swamp. Happy Thanksgiving, Merry Christmas, and Happy New Year, Eagle Nation. Remember this day, November 23rd, 2013. Georgia Southern just beat Florida 26-20. Hey, now.